Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Sans Pants Radio. Australia's most American podcast network. Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons podcast, where today I watch Shrek Forever After with my friends Cass Page and Jackson Bailey. Cass uses she, her pronouns, and Jackson goes by he, him. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm here if you need to talk. I bought the Shrek like ultimate collection on Blu-ray. So I have now Shrek, Shrek 2, Shrek the Third, Shrek Forever After, Puss in Boots, Shrek the Musical, and it came with like seven episodes of the Puss in Boots TV show. And let wow. me just tell you, that show <laughs> looks like fucking rank garbage. It looks like <laughs> absolute trash. Why does in the cartoon, I'm just looking up pictures of the cartoon. Why did they decide that Puss in Boots' face needed to be more squished in? I don't know. Like, like he looks sick. Yeah, yeah. What the <laughs> it's, hell? It's not good, and it's it's like, wow, okay, so like you're really tarnishing the, the great legacy of the yeah. Shrek franchise. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing that's insane about it, right? I just learned that Puss in Boots is a good movie, and I haven't Whoa. seen it yet, but it has like an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, which it's like on par with Shrek 1 and 2 review scores. And I'm like, how in the fucking world? How? Mm. How could it be that? How, like, hey, no shade to Puss in Boots, but he's sort of one of my least favorite characters in the Shrek franchise. Yeah, sure. Like, in your your box set, did you get, like, um, the weird little Shrek interqual, like, Shrek 4D, Shrek... Did you get the 3D glasses? Oh, yeah. no, I didn't get the 3D glasses, but I have the 3D glasses. <laughs> I don't know if it came with that one because I put in the, there's one that's called like exclusive Shrek Ultimate Collection bonus disc. And I put it in and all that was on it was like the Shrek in the Swamp dance party, Far, Far Away Idol, and then eight episodes of the Puss in Boots cartoon. And I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> I thought this was going to have like the special features and I could see like Mike Myers and mocap suit stomping around oh, the swamp yeah. or whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, or at least that the thing you showed me the other day, the um, Shrek and Donkey's official political endorsement for the 2016 oh, election. Yeah, what, wow. What is that? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what? I assume that was... No, I don't, I don't oh. think that was... So there's, if you go to, I think that was Ethan that showed it to us. If you go, what yeah, is it? Yeah, I haven't seen this. DreamWorks, oh man, what was it's it? It's like DreamWorks TV on YouTube. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, Peacock Kids by DreamWorks TV. And you go, and there's like Peacock Kids, I guess, Shrek. Oh, it's like a whole ass thing. Like it's a fully animated. Yeah, and it's not Mike Myers. Ew. And it's Shrek talking about like, his favorite boy band, The Election. It's very strange. Wait, wait, who do they endorse? Is Shrek a, a Trump fan? <laughs> he wants to build the wall. He wants to keep people out of his keep swamp, pe- yeah, I would think. Look, mm. look, yeah, it's Shrek's politics, probably conservative. It's true. We discussed this the other day. He was very much like... He refused to take in refugees, mm-hmm. and then in like this is the original Shrek film, and then when he he wants what's his, he's always like looking out for me and my own. They were like he saved them all later, but he did that by like working for the enemy. I think like yeah. the person who made them all right, like, right. refugees. He's like, okay, well I'll work with you. And also, if you think about it, in the first Shrek movie, he doesn't work to get them out of a swamp because he wants them all to go back to their homes and be no. free. He does it because he doesn't want his his swamp to become a concentration camp. He doesn't actually care about where they go. He doesn't make any extended deal. Farquaad's just gonna have all the fairy tale creatures like executed until he himself gets executed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm That'll pretty sure he. That's like one of the lines. He's like, get out. And they're sort of like, we don't have anywhere to go. And then after that, he's like, oh, fine. Yeah, right. He could have just beheaded all of them and fucking yeah. made a funeral pyre. Who cares, <laughs> honestly? Absolutely. Um, yeah. It is weird that he didn't eat them all. Yeah, I often yeah. think that. Shrek makes a lot of claims about eating people. And I guess yeah. in the first Shrek, he eats those eyeballs. But I've he never does. seen him eat a guy. He, he eats a lot of eyeballs, though, because he also has, like, an eyeball martini in Shrek the Fourth. And you're like, well, where did Shrek Forever After? I'm sorry, not Shrek the Fourth. I don't want to get things yep. mixed up. <laughs> the original title for this film was Shrek Goes Forth. Um, oh, that's better. They workshopped it a little bit and had Shrek, Shrek Forever After because they knew it was going to be the finale to the series. Yeah. Um, it cast, is that better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like Shrek the Fourth at I all. Don't... Shrek goes forth. <laughs> Shrek goes forth. So I guess it's supposed to be like a pun on like he's going somewhere, but he yeah, doesn't but, go but anywhere not. in this movie. It's not a he... journey. Yeah, it's <laughs> he not like stays in the same film. three miles. So also like Shrek goes forth and Shrek the Third are the most like Fast and the Furious ass <laughs> yeah, titles for are. a Shrek movie. <laughs> oh my Just god, call Shrek... It Shrek three. Shrek, Shrek the Third oh was god. such a mistake. Why would you fucking call oh, your yeah. movie that? It's terrible. It's a because tro- like he's not even the third. Like I get it because it's no. about Shrek being in line for the throne, but he's not the third in line. It's, it's there's not you, two you, previous Shreks, right? How do you know? It yeah. sort of aligns well, with the true. way they sort of haphazardly throw together medieval slang. Yeah, uh-huh. right. And they say things like Iwith. Yeah, I have not called this Shrek the Third and felt good saying it. You know, like every time <laughs> yeah. I say okay, it, I'm like, fair. I just want to say Shre- Shrek three. Shrek um, 3. Shrek 3 sounds easy, yeah. I, I know how Jackson feels about this movie. I don't know yet how you feel about it, Cass. But this week I have been having to come to terms with the fact I haven't seen Puss in Boots yet. I will 
probably enjoy it because it has good reviews. Yeah. I thought two of the five Shrek movies were good. Mm-hmm. It turns out that maybe four of the five Shrek movies are good and Shrek the Third <laughs> is the, the only trip. bad one. This is the problem, because every time I'm like, have you seen Shrek 4, Shrek Forever After? Somebody shits in their hand and throws it at yeah, every- you. You're fucking, everybody assumes it's just Jackson being Jackson. Oh, oh Jackson you idiot got Jackson. bad <laughs> And I'm like, oh, have you seen it? And they're like, no, of course I didn't watch any more Shrek movies after Shrek the Third. Exactly. Like, we well, wouldn't. But if you persevere, there's an incredible <laughs> Shrek movie in there. There's a there little is. nugget of Shrek waiting to be seen. A little reward for those who stuck it out. It's, it's a, it's, yeah. Shrek 4 was for the fans. Cass, Cass am, am I to believe that you also enjoyed Shrek Forever After? Uh, um, <laughs> look, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, uh, it was fine. It was good. It was fine. I like dissenting opinions on this podcast. I I did point out to you guys the other day that it's kind of fucked up that my Shrek 2 episode is just Joel Dusher and Zoe talking about how dog shit that movie is when it's actually very good. And then now Shrek the 4th will be us talking about how it's actually very good also. Yeah, yeah Shrek absolutely. 2 was good. Yeah, Shrek 2 was fucking great. I think I think watching, because I, I knew we were doing this episode and I sort of thought, oh, okay, I'll need to watch Shrek 4. And then I was like, I haven't watched Shrek 3. So I spent oh, yesterday no. watching... Both movies, Ugh. one after the other. What a quick succession. There was so much. I think Shrek 3 so much felt like a hangover from Shrek 2, and Shrek 4 was like, okay, we'll we'll actually do a new story now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I feel your pain. I've watched the first four Shrek movies three times each in the last week Ugh. and a half. <laughs> and that's... Are you okay? Damn. Yeah, that's no, no, I'm great. My life is so good right now, and it's <laughs> I'm definitely not spiraling out of control. Um... <laughs> I watched each one normally, and then I watched it with the the animation corner. And, you know, you get a couple little nuggets, and then usually it's just sort of boring. And then I watched each one a third time. So I'm I'm in it, and I'm willing to say that this might be my second favorite Shrek movie. Um, After Shrek 1 or Shrek 2? It's hard to say because they're all so neck and neck, you know? It's like yeah. It's like Die Hard 1 and Die Hard 3. Like, they're such different movies, you know? And then Die Hard 4 is in there, and I'm like, that's a terrible movie, but, like, it's also great, yeah. so it's kind of a contender for runnings. number one because John McClane, you know, surfboards on a, a falling jet plane, just like Shrek in this movie, surfboards <laughs> on some roofing tiles. So <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of similarities, absolutely. It's like a love letter to Shrek, you know? It yeah. feels like it. Because Shrek 3 did so poorly, it feels like they were like, you have one movie left in you, and they were like, well, let's make it good. Let's make right. it a good farewell to Shrek and his pals, and almost an apology for how bad Shrek 3 was. <laughs> yeah. That's my feelings about Shrek 4, yeah. Well, the, the feeling that I have is that Shrek 3, and I couldn't verbalize this when I was talking about Shrek 3 because I hadn't yet seen Shrek 4 to sort of shed light on how bad that experience was, right? Yeah. yeah. Shrek 3 has metastasized the Shrek franchise, right? So Shrek, the first one, is really goofy and odd and funny and heartfelt and just very weird. And then Shrek 2 is like, okay, here's what people liked about the first one. More references to like, I don't know, McDonald's and like <laughs> pop songs and all this shit. And and then yeah. it, it takes it overboard, but in a way that's very fun. And then Shrek 3 takes it more overboard in a way that doesn't make any goddamn sense and is fucking terrible. Absolutely. And then Shrek 4 is like, we need to dial it back and make a Shrek movie that's like sad as shit. Yeah, we need to make a Shrek movie that means something. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's what we wanted as the audience. I think that's such a good point. It's like a love letter to Shrek because I feel like the Shrek franchise is like, Haha, can this ogre ever find happiness? He doesn't know how to actually experience joy. And then the fourth movie, it's like, we are actually going to look at that, though. Um, yeah. Right. So, yeah. That is actually worth exploring, yeah. We're sure. going to have, like, running storylines of emasculation and uh, disconnect from cultural heritage. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> well and, and see, the weird thing about this movie that I really didn't expect going into it is it's the finale of a franchise and... The only things that actually happen in this movie are the first 10 minutes and the last three minutes. Yeah, true. Everything within the main chunk of the movie doesn't actually happen. It's just happening for Shrek to have an arc. Yeah. And I think that they realized, like, Shrek 2 and Shrek 3, nobody really gets an arc except for Shrek anyway. Like, we don't do anything with Fiona. We don't do anything with Puss or with Donkey or anybody. So we may as well just, like, make a movie that's just completely about fixing Shrek's shitty attitude. Yeah, 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 for sure. It reminds me of the, um, what's that song? Um, Big Yellow Taxi, which was covered more recently by um, Counting Crows, who did Accidentally in Love, which is the best song to come out of the film franchise that for is- Shrek. Oh, okay, so, don't, don't tell Joel Dusher you think that. He will block you on all social media. <laughs> well, no, Accidentally in Love by the Counting Crows. It, it perfectly encapsulates it, you know? It's beautiful. They are anyway. accidentally in love. Exactly. <laughs> they, that's them. Damn. <laughs> I have no idea what I was about to say. I, <laughs> That's okay. I really drove my car into a bush. <laughs> Here's something interesting is that I, I feel like a complete and utter asshole right now because when you said that, I almost said, you're right, it is one of my favorite songs in the Shrek franchise. And when Joel Dusher said a week and a half ago, that song is shit, why would you include that in your favorite songs? I was like, yeah, I know, I just sort of included it just... You know, for, for no reason, well, I guess. That's not you, Mia. That's Dusha. That's yeah. the power that's not, of the Listen, of I'm an adult woman. I'm 26 <laughs> years old. I can make my own decisions about how I feel about the Shrek franchise. And I have. Mia, we all think we can. But if yeah. Joel Dusha tells us something else. If Joel Dusha gives <laughs> Listen, you an opinion, for some reason it's instinct to agree. <laughs> I held strong in that episode. I asserted that Shrek 2 was good until the very end. <laughs> that's really impressive that's powerful absolutely. yeah I'm, I'm more afraid of my listeners than i am of joel Dusher. <laughs> i think with the shrek with shrek forever after it's funny that they'd kind of written shrek into a corner with shrek 3 where they'd made him a dad and they'd given him kids and they'd settled him down so i think they knew that any story where Shrek was in his present timeline was going to have a lot of baggage that comes with it. It's so clever of them to take his kids and his wife and stuff and his home life and take that from a context and making it a goal. Yeah. Right. It's it's something he has to actively work to get back. He's not like taking yeah. advantage of his wife and kids and taking them for granted because he has them. He will not have them and also fucking die if he doesn't get the kiss by the end for of the sure. night. I do think it's interesting to take something that I have seen as a downfall of the Shrek franchise. I said it in Shrek 2. I sh- said it in Shrek the third. I feel like Shrek's shitty attitude has been ruining this franchise since like minute one. In the first movie he comes across as just like an abusive, misogynistic asshole. And every movie he gets worse and every movie ends with them being like, maybe he fixed it. Maybe he'll be happy now. <laughs> yeah. And then this movie is like, hey, you're never going to be happy unless you take your own accountability for the way that you feel and actively work on not taking for granted the people in your life. 
See, I had another view on this and I was, I'm sort of in two minds about what to think because there's the view of, yeah, like I, I suppose if you go the context of all four films, he's constantly unhappy. I think they're trying to work a storyline in where they're very much like he was raised to be a villain and he's internalizing it. And in that perspective, people being like, you don't have to put your identity in that. You're allowed to just be happy with what you have. Like, that's cool. Mm. But I also, it was a bit weird when they, when he was like, hey, my life makes me sad and yes. I don't feel like myself anymore. And then they were like, well, what if we take that away? And he's like, oh, but I want it now. And then at the end of the film, like, he was just like, oh, but I had everything I wanted. I'm like, no, are you just more sad now? Like, I, I completely understand the film wanted to be like, you are trying to overcome a societal like pressure on yourself and you've you've had your identity so entwined and ingrained in a perception that it's going to be really hard for him to move on from that but okay it's a kids movie so yeah. maybe they didn't well go super into it but it was just it just felt weird where he was like oh but now I don't have it I want it yeah well yeah. I I will just say this because it's something I only picked up on my third viewing of Shrek the fourth um this is a very wow. deep movie by the way it's it very is. very it really cinema. is. So this movie, at least the beginning and his whole thing about being sick of people loving him and being in love with him and not being scared of him anymore is like a meta commentary on the fact that they created the Shrek franchise as like the underdog, mm. right? This series was supposed to be about like this weird, gross little dude that nobody loved and they didn't expect it to take off the way that it did. But kids loved Shrek and so he became a mascot for the DreamWorks company. He's all over McDonald's commercials and Carnival Cruise Lines commercials and there's green ketchup and there's fucking M&Ms and you know, yeah. hair gel and there's Shrek cups and Shrek t-shirts and Shrek fucking heads and you can meet Shrek at Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make any fucking sense for this character who hates everybody. Like, yeah. Shrek going to this party and everybody being like, Shrek, we love you. Do the ogre thing. Scream at my child. Is Do like, the roar. Oh, that child made me feel sick. That is the funniest <laughs> part of this movie. So it's just interesting to look at, like, this is how Shrek would interact with people in the real world. If Shrek existed mm. in our world and he was like, why am I on the M&M's package? Who wants to be reminded of me when they're eating M&M's? I just want to fucking take a shit in a hot tub. Leave me alone, yeah. you know? So it's interesting for them to tackle that because since minute one of the Shrek franchise, it's been like, oh, he's gross. He doesn't like people. He's a loner. But also sometimes he'll just like stop and he'll sing a song and do a little dance with all his friends. And you're like, oh, OK, so there's a there's a really big disconnect here between what the studio wants him to be and what he the character should be. And it's interesting that they tackle that. I don't know. It's a, Yeah, it's exciting that they decided, I guess, maybe because they were like, hey, this is the finale. We can let's explore that element of this character we've made let's take it to its like natural conclusion and it's nice that it's not just like another road trip movie like what if this was yeah exactly like shrek 3 but funnier it wouldn't feel like an ending to a franchise this movie is like nobody else needs to change it's just shrek is a shithead and we need to deal with his shit yeah for sure and and also yeah like i think it's good again i guess after shrek the third which was so bad for them to be like hey let's kind of remind you what this whole franchise was about let's give you like you know this is why it's important this is why we wanted to talk about it we're yeah. just giving you a fresh update because i'm sure you've forgotten by this point <laughs> <laughs> what all of this was about and and cast you were saying a few minutes ago how like it doesn't seem at the end like this is a happy ending for shrek 
I think the film definitely says that it is a happy ending, but yeah, I guess that's just, what they're trying to say. Yeah, I guess as an outsider perspective, I was like, is he happy? Because there was a whole thing, like, I, I really saw, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but like, the whole film for in terms of not in terms of what the studio wanted to do, but in terms of Shrek's journey, it was like so entrenched in identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. I think that um, having such an identity focused sort of plot line is good because that sort of matches how the franchise aged with its audience as well. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. And especially with um, Shrek first coming out, I remember when it first came out and we all watched it and we all loved it as kids and then the parents being like, it has the jokes for parents too. And I'm like, I get them all. I didn't. And then I aged and was like, <laughs> oh, it really was for parents too. And then having all those identity things. So there were, I saw themes of being like, where do you get your happiness from? The idea of gratitude and like actively chasing something but also it seemed like he felt like he lost his own power yeah right and like i think the film was trying to switch where he got his power from and what made him feel like himself and that i thought that was like a cool thing to explore but then at the end the way they worded it i think felt like a cop-out where he was like oh i was actually happy the whole time and it's like but you you weren't though you weren't happy the whole time I mean, and also the weird thing is that Shrek is this wholly selfish creature, right? Shrek never does anything for anybody else. In the first movie, he's doing it to get his home back, and then he's doing it for love. He doesn't really learn anything. He's still selfish. He's doing it because he he wants to fuck Fiona. In the second movie, he's doing it because he wants Fiona back. In the third movie, he's doing it because he doesn't want to be the king. In the fourth movie, he's doing it because he'll die if he doesn't. Yeah. So it's like... He makes such selfish decisions the whole time. And then by the end of this movie, I guess that we're supposed to understand like, oh, he's changed and he doesn't need to be selfish anymore. Um, Shrek in this movie, his life after this will be an existential nightmare, right? Because he yes, of course. wished, essentially wished that he didn't have to spend time with his wife and kids and friends anymore. And then he had to reverse that. Now he's back in the real world, but he can't talk to Fiona about it. Because he can't tell her he wished her away. He can't talk to mm-hmm. fucking donkey about it or puss in boots. This dude needs fucking therapy. Like, Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the, the trick of this, this franchise is that Shrek will not be okay after yeah. his adventure in Shrek Forever After until he sees a therapist and he talks about it, you know? I wonder if as well, like, the whole experience is just... That whole thing would have been beyond traumatic. Yes, yes. Like, any time he would wish for something better or different, he would be racked with guilt. Like, he would not be able to, in his own mind, express discomfort in any aspect of his life anymore. Right. Or, like, doing, like being like, oh, you know, um, hey, isn't it annoying how I can't sleep at night because I have triplets? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, hey, a fair thing to be annoyed at. Completely yeah. fair. You're allowed to be like, that sucks. But then being like, no, I actually like it. Like, is that going to force him into a cycle of... Because that's essentially what it did. Like, it forced him into being like, oh, actually, it Denial. was really good. And and here's the thing is that they are not the king and queen of far, far away anymore, but they certainly have riches beyond compare like you guys could fucking you don't have to live in the castle but you could get an extension on the swamp and like a livid nanny like yeah why not you're fucking shrek i don't know like just get somebody to fucking take care of the babies for you you could fix that absolutely that whole like getting them a babysitter thing they're being like well what is shrek and i gonna do if we're not looking after a kid (laughs) yeah that was yeah, well, it's upsetting. It's upsetting to see what's happened to that relationship. Oh, that, you know? that's yeah. right. Because because 
Cinderella, no, Snow White offers them a dwarf in the last movie. Yeah, I yeah. thought that I was very funny. That. I thought that bit was very funny. She's like, I've got six more at home. Don't even think about it. I thought that was scary. She's offering Fiona a slave. I don't like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But in terms of it being a film, I was like, comedy. Sure. Uh, sure. The, the, the repercussions for what that means, <laughs> bad, because that dwarf came in like, this is what I do. Can right. I do it now? And it's like, oh. That's that poor that poor dwarf. <laughs> it's it's funny because I was going to do a segment with you guys where we all pitched our ideal Shrek five. Like how should this oh, franchise wow. have ended? But we don't have to do that because I legitimately think that they sort of did it here. Like Yeah, yeah, oh absolutely. This this movie does everything that I've been talking about this franchise needing to do for four movies now. They gave Fiona an actual arc, they made her like a fucking badass and gave her something to do. People treated her like a human being and not just like a cock sleeve, honestly, because Shrek treats her like a sex object and it's disgusting. Shrek's journey in this movie is just to admit that he's a fucking dick, and I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. When they introduce new characters here, like, they really take the time to make them fun. Um, mm. I didn't love Rumpelstiltskin. I thought his voice was annoying and they should have gotten a real voice actor to play him, but... Yes, yeah, so I agree. Because he's played by a Pixar animator, or DreamWorks animator, um, huh. Oh, what? Why? Yeah, yeah. Rumpelstiltskin in this movie is played by Walt Dorn, the head of story, uh, because he did the scratch testing where he's just like, I'm a little guy. Look at me. And they're like, nobody else could do that. He's the only one. <laughs> <That's perfect. laughs> so, but, but That's I love, <laughs> yeah, I loved all the new ogres and I love yeah. the Pied Piper was so much fun in this movie. Oh, absolutely. The new ogres Oh my god, that threw me, because, oh, by the way, for this whole film, I think it's because I watched The Holiday recently, every time Shrek would say something, I'm like, oh, it's Shrek, and then any time Fiona would speak, I'm like, Cameron Diaz. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and she felt, it felt so out of place every time she'd be like, Shrek, what about this? And I'm like, but why is Cameron here? But, except when they got to the ogre scene where she was like, like, had power and was in control of, sort of herself yes that immersed me i was like that's correct that seems right but oh my god the ogres they were fun looking at their different faces yeah oh my god brogan brogan is the fucking best i love brogan the ogre he's so much fun originally his name was supposed to be like nimrak or something like that which is charming spelled backwards because he was supposed to be (laughs) prince charming with a spell on him oh wow that's crazy they yeah. really thought Prince Charming was worth bringing back to time. They, they were like, Prince Charming is our best character. We've got to yeah. work him into every Shrek movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I loved I loved all all of the the extra ogres were great. I do think it's weird that when when hey, remind me, it, at the end of Shrek Forever After, do the ogres come back in the present? They do. Yes, that, okay. They do, and I that makes no sense. That. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I was always thought that was strange. Because <laughs> I, I was specifically, like, I made a note of that as the film ended because I didn't realize until then, like, at that point in the movie when they're all there, that it's like, wait, what, ha- what happened to make the ogres vanish in the present? Because Shrek not being born shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So where were they? Where did they come from? Does that mean that like Shrek's whole thing where he had this whole mess of identity crisis and people were calling him not a real ogre and he was feeling powerless in his own life and he had no sense of self and then all of a sudden at the end it's like, oh, I should have just hung out with friends? Yeah. Well, 
the strange thing about it to me is that he creates this alternate universe by making it so that he was never born. And then when Fiona kisses him and he goes back to his world, we're supposed to be happy for him because he gets to go back to his own life. But like, yeah, that's my favorite version of Fiona. What happened to her? Like, she's better than Fiona Prime. Like, did she just fucking the last time we see her, she's disappearing. It sucks to know that like badass Fiona is in Fiona Prime somewhere that she has the potential to be that kind of Fiona. It sucks to see that that's how Fiona could have been. Like, she could have been, like, this really competent leader and everybody would have respected her and she's, like, a really great warrior and cares about social issues and things. But instead, Shrek has to be dead weight on her life for the rest of time. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been saying it since minute one. Shrek is fucking dragging her down and she has so much potential that will never be realized. I I think because in the first film when she sort of gets released from the tower, they do sort of look at that and she's like, yeah, I had to learn how to take care of myself. What are you talking about? Right. And then sort of that side of her, I guess, goes away um, because, I don't know, she has a husband now? Yeah. But then the end, like that sort of fourth film where they show all of her, I guess, potential, that only came around because of heartbreak and her actually not receiving the thing she wanted, but then her like when she when they talk to her, they're like, "Well, where were you?" It wasn't like I don't need anyone. It was like, "Why weren't you there for me?" And it's almost like she didn't want to be like that. Yeah. But it also is crushing as well because that whole plot in Shrek three, where she's like, "Shrek, you can be a king," and is like, "I don't want to." She could have led the entire kingdom. She would have been fine. Shrek could have just sat around doing nothing. Could have just shat in his swamp. It would have flourished. Well, and 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 that's what I was saying in the last episode is that like the arc should have been for Fiona in that movie. Shrek goes on his stupid adventure because he has to go find somebody to replace him, and he never even considered Fiona. And then while he's gone, she runs the kingdom so well that he gets back and he's like, "Oh, why did I never consider you?" Like that's this this yeah, series absolutely. and and most DreamWork movies in general just don't ever consider that women have potential to do anything. They're either just like boring love interests or they're like badasses that swing a sword good, but they don't have actual <laughs> characters. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. I, I think that's sort of something that is that was a bit jarring about cool fear <laughs> mm-hmm. is that when they started having a conversation and getting down to it, her being so competent and having such a fierce leadership style and doing so well for other people was a direct result of her having something bad happen to her. Yeah. It was a direct thing and they were and she was like she was still like I wish someone came for me and she's still like so like romantic whenever Shrek's like but I know you believed in a kiss once and the whole thing is meant to be like uh you know she's cool but she only turned out this way because a band didn't save her. Yeah, that right. is true. That's Well, a good I mean, point. and the weird thing about it is that I've been writing off Shrek the entire time is like, oh, "Okay, so he's an ogre, so of course he's going to be a misogynist." Like He's an ogre, he's an asshole, he doesn't treat his wife like a real person, of course, because he's an ogre. Then you get to this life and you see that, oh, all the other ogres actually respect Fiona and they work alongside female warriors side by side. So I guess that Shrek himself is just a shithead and has nothing to do with who he is. But you know what? It could also be, and I'm not trying to be a, in defense of anything. You're not but a Shrek I think apologist. D- defend, I'm not a Shrek apologist. Cass. Own this shit. You are a Shrek apologist. <laughs> I am That's not a Shrek okay. apologist. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this could potentially be another example 
of Shrek ruining his own life because these ogres have socialization and they interact with other ogres. They have a community. They have put in the effort to be a community and to support each other. And they have a set of rules. They have a set of like leadership skills. They're all, they all have a part to play in helping. No one is the hero of anything. They have a really succinct community and it's really nice and they're all fighting toward a revolution they all really care about it they're all putting sort of that first but shrek has isolated himself he's decided he's not worthy i mean there was that thing where it's like my dad tried to eat me which i know was like a throwaway joke but it was like oofed i've always felt like that there's this version of shrek 3 we didn't get where the focus (laughs) is not for some reason on shrek not wanting to be king or some shit it's just on shrek's fears uh of being a father and of perpetuating a cycle of abuse that he was clearly part of. And, and that is supposed to be part of Shrek 3. Like, they think that's what they're making a movie about. It sucks because there's a line in that movie where Shrek is like, I don't care about my own life. I just don't want to mess up the kids. And you're like, no, you <laughs> fuck you, dude. Stop fucking lying. You just want to go home and be alone. Like, you don't give yeah. a shit about these kids. Shut up. They really do sort of hint at that, and he yeah. he says also that also the weirdest part of Shrek Three. This is what sort of pushed it over the edge to be like, oh, they're trying to talk about not perpetuating a cycle, right? Because Shrek has horrifically low self worth. Yes, and he does. I think that is really obvious in the whole thing. It doesn't excuse anything he does. Also, and 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 can we be very clear that he deserves to have low self esteem because oh. he's a piece oh. of shit and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, it's he's very cyclical where he will be like, I am, a, I am a bad person and then people will treat him badly. So he's like, well, I'll be bad. And then he has a reason to feel bad about himself. And he's like, right. see, you know, and they had that whole thing in Shrek 3 being like, if someone calls you a monster, you can still make a choice to not do that. But the, the thing in Shrek 3 that like makes him want to be a father, it's and this is sort of where I guess it solidifies being like it's he wants to break a cycle or doesn't want to continue a cycle. Um he sees that villain, the Cyclops, being right. like, oh, my, like, sorry, it's bring your kid to work day. Isn't she great? <laughs> and then the, I think it's like the daughter's happy and they actually have a good relationship despite being, I guess, from the film's perspective, objectively evil. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, well, it's possible then. And then he's fine. And and that's something that I thought that this franchise needed to get into more and they didn't really because, like, this, the, the franchise likes to have, like, an idea of what the movie's about, but they never go to the full stakes to make it happen, right? So, at the end yeah. of this movie, Shrek, like, realizes he was wrong, and he goes back home, and everything's fine, but he doesn't do anything to change how things are going to work out. So, you know, like, in the real world, that would be bad. In Shrek 3, the whole thing is that, like, Prince Charming riles up all the villains to go take the kingdom, and then at the end of the movie, they convince all the villains, like, you can be good, and you cannot be bad, and it's fine, And then the movie ends without addressing any of the systemic issues that led to a Cyclops being coded as a villain or a transgender barkeep being coded as a villain forever. Like, Mm. those characters shouldn't have to try and rise up and destroy the system to be accepted by the system. And then this movie starts and they're like, Shrek brought peace to the land and everybody (laughs) loves him and everything's fine. And you're like... How? I don't know if that's true. From what perspective? I don't know if that could be the case. Because fucking Rumpelstiltskin is still eating out of the garbage, so... Yeah, clearly there's what some happened issues. to Rumpelstiltskin? He, Rumpelstiltskin was clearly on the edge beforehand. Like, before that deal with Fiona's parents went sour, right. things were not looking good for Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> 
Like, what what was happening in his life? My God. Also, the the fact that Rumpelstiltskin, like they show at the end of the film or toward the end, that he is able to make a deal that doesn't have a negative consequence. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is something that he can do. Rumpelstiltskin's just a piece of shit, I He's guess. He's like, ultimate deal, yeah. And like he goes on about like all balance and stuff, which in terms of old like fairy stuff, in terms of old looking into things like witchcraft and natural magic, things like that, yeah. You do have to have a balance, and like that is, I think, where a lot of fairy tales stem that from. But no, they they show they're like, oh, it's just it's just whatever you want. Rumpelstiltskin kid just yeah. sucks as a guy. He just That's a really it's good funny point. To do, I guess. Why is he giving people these horrible curses that are going to affect them forever and make them hate him? He could get better word of mouth if he was just like, hey, give me fifty bucks and I'll make you human. Give me fifty yeah, bucks absolutely. and I'll give you a day to go off and be a fucking ogre. Like if he can literally do anything. Yeah, I, he's just a piece of shit. I think <laughs> that's just my takeaway. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He, like the whole plot of Shrek 4 is that he wanted absolute power. Right. But he could literally do anything in the world. <laughs> but it's yeah, got to be but, a but, deal but the, the, Yeah, that's the thing about him is much like the genie in Aladdin can't make anything happen for himself. He that's has true, to have yeah. somebody ask him to do it. I guess that's the whole balance thing again. Right. Mm, yeah. How good is punished Gingy in this movie? Oh, my where God. <laughs> Gingy the gingerbread man is fighting animal crackers in a pit. <laughs> oh, that is so, so good. fucking here's, cool. Here's the thing. I, I think it's very funny when Puss in Boots eats Gingy in the third act of the movie. It did really make me think of of the logistics of a lifespan of a gingerbread man. <laughs> like, oh, that absolutely. ruled! I yeah. loved that when he just started eating him, and it's not like he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, died. In, in that in alternate that reality. So, so my theory, and I don't even know if it's a theory. It just seems confirmed in my mind at this point is that every movie's gingerbread man is a new gingerbread man. Like, there's no Whoa. way this gingerbread man has been alive for, what, six years? Well, how long is the timeline of the Shrek gin- franchise? The first movie ends, and then immediately they go visit her parents at the beginning of the second. Yeah, they're, like, very over four years. I do have something to say about the gingerbread man, because as I was watching, I think this happens in Shrek 3, not Shrek 4, but as I was watching all the films... I think the absolute strength of the Shrek franchise, like overall, like the best thing that the Shrek franchise does you is mean montages and pardon? Ogreal. Ogreal. It's okay. Just go ahead. <laughs> montages and sequences. Like mm. the really beautiful montages and sequences that they do. Like the fight. Oh yeah, the fight sequences are good, I I think. But there's like a because Jackson had prepared me for Shrek 3 being dog shit. But there's like a <laughs> montage in Shrek 3 where Jinji's about to be killed. And he has a flash through of his entire life up until right, that point. Right. Which proves that he's the same gingerbread man from all of That's the Shrek true. franchises. That's a good point. But, God, it's good. And every time <laughs> they have a series of montages, even in Shrek 4, like the start of the film, where they have that montage of him becoming sort of uh, 
having disdain towards his own life yeah and f- losing his own power and feeling like stuck in a rut and all that stuff also was that fiona's fault because she did wish for that specifically <laughs> thoughts because at the start of the film she wishes on a star and he says what did you wish for she's like i want every day to be like this and oh, then that's it happens good. because oh, yeah damn. because this is a fairy tale world she certainly could have made that all happen and in that case, Shrek is very valid in his loathing of Fiona. In that case, fucking divorce her, man. <laughs> yeah, if you notice, if you live in a world where wishing on a star could cause exact, like, could come true, don't yeah, wish on a star. Right. Just don't do it. <laughs> you know the consequences. You know the risks. Yeah, absolutely. But that it's a great beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. What what I really love about Rumpelstiltskin in this movie, and again, I think he was an okay character i think the performance was not good and they needed a real actor in there and i don't know why they did what they did when like jennifer saunders and shrek 2 fucking nails it and john lithgow in the first movie so great what i really like about rumpelstiltskin's introduction in this movie is that in the first movie you have lord farquaad he's like this regal guy you know he has all the power but you can kind of like make fun of him for being short in the second movie you have fairy godmother and she has all the power she has all of these potions and everything she can literally turn you into a fucking cockroach and stomp on you in the third movie you have prince charming and then you get to this movie and rumpelstiltskin is introduced eating out of the garbage and you're like it's great i I love that he's just like a little fucking weird little imp (laughs) that has nothing and everybody knows how shit he is and then shrek's the only one that doesn't know and everything that happens in this movie is shrek's fault like that's so good i love that it's incredible. I love that Robostilskin kind of gets him drunk and like, I don't know, something about that's so good. And he's like, yeah, just, just fucking sign it. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It's shit Shrek, you idiot. It is the first Shrek film to me that feels like it has like genuine consequences. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like yes. Shrek 1, Wait a Shrek minute. fails. How do you mean? Because at the end of the movie, there are no consequences. He literally goes back to normal and nothing has changed and nobody remembers it except for him. That's true, but for Shrek, once he's in the alternate timeline, sure. there are consequences. Okay. Previous yeah. to that, yes, and at the end of the film, no. But like in Shrek One, the consequence of Shrek fucking up is that uh, he—I mean, it's bad for Fiona because she probably doesn't want to marry Lord Farquaad. Uh, but you know, main consequence for Shrek is that he doesn't get a swamp. That's it. Consequence of Shrek Two is that I don't know—he doesn't get, get again divorced. to be. Yeah, they get divorced or or whatever. Shrek 3, I don't want to think about. And in Shrek 4, <laughs> the consequence is that like, his entire life and himself, done, dead, in a 24-hour well, well, period. It, in Shrek the third, he was almost murdered by Prince Charming, though. And in Shrek 2, Fairy Godmother tries to kill him, and Farquaad tries to kill him in the first one. He's always almost murdered, Shrek Yeah, is. that's true. But I, f- I feel like those are like... There are scenes rather than a consequence of failure of achieving sure. the main goal in I the see film. What you mean. Do you, hey, do you reckon Shrek 4 is the universe calling Shrek's bluff? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he keeps he keeps doing bad things and then all the bad things, and I mean I guess this is every film, but the bad things he does in the first few films are like emotionally bad things to another person. And it allows him to have a redemption arc, in which case people feel better about him at the end. Like, it it always has a net positive for Shrek, even though something bad has happened. Whereas this one, they're like, all right, you want to you wanna tell your wife that you want to go back to before you saved her life oh and doom her to, like, die in a castle? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, they're all gone now. Yeah, okay. What do you think now, Shrek? 
Are you happy about the decision well, you made, you moron? The movie would have played a little better, I think, if the consequences of this wasn't like, Shrek, if you don't figure this out in a day, then you'll die. I think yeah. the consequences of this movie should have been, if you don't figure this out in a day, then this timeline is permanent, and you're not going to be able to go home to your wife, you're not going to be able to go home to your kids, you're going to be stuck in this timeline, and like maybe... If you don't figure it out in a day, you can still fall in love with this Fiona and you can still be friends with this donkey. But like, yeah. what about your kids, Shrek? Like, if the consequences of the movie are if you don't figure this out in 24 hours, then you die, then Shrek is still doing it selfishly. If the consequences yeah, I, of the uh, movie are if you don't figure this out in 24 hours, then you lose your old life, then he has to be selfless and say, I do care about that old life more than I care about myself and my privacy. My se- yeah, for sure. For sure. I loved shrek and alternate universe fiona in this movie a lot Mm -hmm. i love that alternate version of her she's so much fun she's exactly what i've wanted her to be the entire franchise uh the scene where they're like flirting by beating the shit out of each other they're like incredible punching each other in the face and laughing while like a sappy love song plays it was so good funniest shit i've ever seen that's so top tier shrek content i love it and it's funny because it feels like this is like a natural, like Cass was saying earlier that like, you know, it comes from her not being saved. But like the moments where she's badass in Shrek 1 are, she's like, well, I had to learn to fend for myself. And this just feels like a sort of natural yes, like, evolution yes, of that, which I thought was kind of yeah. cool. It's like, well, yeah, okay. If if Shrek never turned up, she would have to save herself. And that's like, I don't know, that's that's... Almost well, a feminist message. <laughs> like, well, it's not it, it's, perfect. It's also interesting because this series is all about like role reversals and reversals of yeah. the themes and everything. So, like, first movie, Fiona becomes a, an ogre. Second movie, Shrek has to become human. Third movie, yeah. I don't know, Puss Stop, and Donkey Switch Bodies. Who, who cares? That oh, movie sucks shit. And then in this movie, like they they actually they seem like they took the time to say, okay, so in a world where Fiona is a a leader of an ogre revolution, Mm. but her curse hasn't been broken. How does that work? And the way that works is that in this world, she has to be ashamed of her human self and not tell people about her curse. And that's so interesting for her to have like this reversal of it to be like ashamed of her human self. And she's like, I'm an ogre. Like, I'm just as much an ogre as these other people. I love that. Absolutely, me too. Yeah, I thought that that was that was an awesome like wait because I think they could have gone for like a cheap sort of like oh you know it's it's human Fiona again or whatever yeah. and she hides her ogre self at night but like yeah I really like that they they reverse that as well I thought those were well, I think some of the the strongest scenes in this movie for me are like the ogre camp and Fiona being a badass and then just stuff where they're like like punish Gingy or <laughs> punish human Gingy's gingerbread man you know well, all of that stuff is I mean human uh, Pinocchio and stuff yeah it's also just kind of fucked up how all of that stuff they're saying like this is the bad universe the universe where Fiona is like has her independence and is like this great warrior and leader that's the world we don't want and she has like this moment later on where she's arguing with shrek and she's like true love didn't save me i saved myself like i Mm. made this happen for myself because i wanted it and shrek's like yeah but that's not the way it's supposed to be and you're like fuck you dude don't you remember yeah you're like fuck you like this is the way that it is and she's right and you should just be blanked out of existence and go fuck yourself there's there's such i think this film really sort of shows the difference between shrek and fiona in that fiona is she's really strong and independent and eventually falls in love with shrek but fiona is so selfless 
And yeah. even like in the alternative universe, she is like, okay, I have this thing that's going to mean I am potentially like outcast, but I, I am an ogre. I am going to protect like people like me. And she goes through this whole thing to like start a revolution, which is so selfless. And then Shrek comes in. And this this is an annoying thing as well, though. And like what you were talking about before with uh, Shrek not really having consequences and acting selfishly because the world will end, like he will die in 24 hours. There is no option for him to take a selfless yeah, choice right. in that mm. section. Because if he ever does, we as the audience know, and Shrek knows as well, if he does anything selfless in that timeline, he's just wasting time because it isn't real. Yeah, yeah. There's like no consequence to anything he does. If he if he acts selflessly in this universe, he's just going to be annoying the audience. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Fiona has proven so many times that she is completely selfless. Like she will she does what he wants when she's like, Hey, I think you'd make a good king. She's like, I don't want it. She's like, Well, it's only for a few days, like in right. Shrek three. In Shrek yeah. four, she's like, Hey, we will talk about this when we get home, but like this Please don't yell at everybody at your child's birthday party. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> the way that they paint her in the prime timeline, and that's why I really don't like that version of Fiona at all. Like, she's not allowed to be funny. She's not allowed to be interesting. I think that her whole thing was, like, tainted in the first movie, where she expects, like, a knight in shining armor, a handsome prince to come save her, and then Shrek's the one that comes and saves her, but she still goes into that situation expecting heteronormative relationship. I'm supposed to be with this guy because he saved me. Shrek saved me, so Shrek's my true love. And she never has the opportunity to like go off and be her own person and figure out who that is because she's constantly having to baby this giant man baby. Like she's probably also frustrated about having triplet babies that she has to take care of, but that's not a part of the story. Yeah, there's a lot of internalized misogyny for Fiona that like I never really thought about but wow it's really there yeah like, the fact that when they're like you need to be with a prince and here's Lord Farquaad objectively a piece of shit she's like but that's the that's the rules I think in that though she's desperately trying to break her own curse because she's that's having true. her own yeah, identity struggles yeah. like she's she's very curse oriented at that point and I think it would be tricky for her because she kisses Shrek mm-hmm. and then the curse is broken so she's right. like oh okay well, I have to make this work then. And I think that's why she's so, like, does anything for him. Yeah, and that's the thing, is is that from eight minutes into Shrek 2, they're already arguing like they're about to break up. And I'm like, I know you're going to be together for another two and a half movies. Like, this is not yeah. healthy or okay. And he spends this whole movie trying to manipulate her and boss her around, and, like, she tells him this revolution's important to me, and he says, well, fuck that, you're going to do what I say and I'm going to make you fall in love with me. You know, I'll pretend that I care about ogre rights and our like kin being murdered because I want Fiona to fall in love with me, but he never cares about any of them. Just with like that again, I you you I think you're so spot on me being like he oh, shouldn't thank you, he shouldn't have been killed in the 24 hours because Anytime that came up and he was rude to her or was like trying to push the whole love thing. Yeah. It was almost like you couldn't get annoyed because if he made any selfless decision, it was stupid. And there were like moments where as an audience, you're sitting there being like, just tell her, like, just talk to her, say more things, explain what's going on. There's no, like, you can't waste time. They're literally about to go into war and she could die. Like, and then you'll die. It's right. not real enough for him to actually take anything seriously 
So you end up rooting for him to be rude. He's being so horrible to her. And you're like, oh, but Fiona doesn't understand. And I think it's another one of those things where it's like, you also, uh, mm. also, if Fiona doesn't understand whose fucking fault is that? Because you go into a world where Rumpelstiltskin is the main nemesis. Everybody knows you don't make a deal with this fucker. And then Shrek rolls up and he's like, okay, so we were married and then Donkey ate the cake and the 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 uh, the kid was telling me to do the roar. And then I went outside and I found this guy in the trash and he was rolling around. And then and then I was here and right, everybody. And you're like, Shrek. He literally has the um, the contract in his pocket. And yes, it's like, if you yes. just, he, he's in her tent, which is rude. But if he'd sat there and be like, look, see this, I signed this with Rumpelstiltskin in my world he isn't like that anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the man who killed her parents. She will yeah. believe you that he's done horrible things. You can show her the contract and be like, hey, I know that you won't understand this, but we're married in another timeline and I want to get back to my wife and kids if you'll give me a chance to talk about things. But Shrek doesn't do that. He just like demands that she listens to him. He pretends hmm. to be part of her revolution because he is a class traitor and fuck him. <laughs> like, Shrek is the fucking worst and he has no morals for himself. Shrek is him. a class traitor. <laughs> and I've been saying the same thing since day one. Shrek is an asshole. <laughs> That's good. I hope that the end of the film with the whole ogre clan being there and existing, my hope is that they actually have friends and then, uh, for, for number one, I want Fiona to have any friend yeah, because oh, they show no. in Shrek 3 that the, yeah. the friend she has the at the castle suck and they're really yeah. rude. They're not nice yeah. to her. They don't care about her. They're really just horrid, vapid stereotypes. Except and for Doris the Ugly Stepsister is like nice oh, but rules. also yeah. horrible. <laughs> she, she's my favorite one though. <laughs> It's a, that's its own thing. Who cares? She's barely in this movie. Good for them not putting their horrible transphobic stereotype in this movie yeah, all over the place. Probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, no good. They could they could have had like Shrek wake up and fucking be married to Doris or something. And that yeah, to be honest, it could have been pretty bad. Yeah. One one thing that I do like about this movie is that they let all of their really dramatic moments play out without mm. like ruining them with a gag, like. When Shrek goes to to Fiona's castle and he sees the empty bed and he goes over there to like draw the curtain, I was like, okay, who's going to be in the bed? Because they've done this joke three times before. Yeah, what's absolutely. it going to be like? Doris, the ugly stepsister, or something? But nobody yeah. was there. And yeah, and you were like, whoa! Like it, it had impact for the first time. It, and there's a, a moment Shrek in this movie. movie where Shrek just like sits on a log and has a cry, and you're like, hey, yeah, that's good. There you go. Do that. That's what we want to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, what Shrek, been- it's it's been a it's been a long four year journey, but uh, yeah. I guess this is the first tear you've ever shed. Yeah, allow yourself to weep, Shrek, for <laughs> a sure. single tear for <laughs> and, and now a single been- man. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see if this film. I mean, obviously, it would take a lot of tweaking to do, and it would have been a different movie. But to, at the end, for Shrek, say say the he won't die if he fucks up and he doesn't succeed in his goal. But to have him not succeed. And be like, well, instead of everything being sorted out, you know, magically with a, a flick of the wrist or whatever and a magic wand. Oh, right. now I have to work at it. You know what I mean? Like that that lesson that stuff's not easy and right. self-improvement and fixing your life is the kind of thing you've just got to constantly be doing. And the kind of thing that takes c- continual effort 
You know, it would have been an interesting yeah. ending. Obviously, that means the Trek's kids disappear forever. That's, that's so, the like, problem. I get is, why they didn't. Yeah, yeah the, the kids are in the lifeline, so there's no way by the end of the movie that he's not going to set things back. I mean... Yeah, oh, of course. I, I don't think that that's a movie-breaking issue that I had with the movie, though. Like, I enjoyed the movie. It's a kid's movie, so you give it some slack. It's certainly better than Trek 3. I think it's better than Trek 2. Me too. I think for Shrek 1, Shrek 3. That's it. Shrek 4, sorry. That's it. Best <laughs> one, three, one, four, two, three. The official yeah. order. I think if the franchise was just 1, 2, 4, that would be really great. Like, Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. What happens in 3 that has any bearing on this? Uh, literally None, nothing I, because they, they take nothing. out. They don't even have like King Arthur show up. The only thing that happens is that at the very end, Fiona has babies. And like that can just be implied to have happened off screen. Yeah, for sure. Mm, they could have had one of their signature beautiful montages. Yes. Of yeah. their happy life. They're meeting slugs or whatever. Oh, my God. Actually, the scene where all the ogres eat in this film. Oh, my God. Their food looked delicious. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Also, I think that the music that they used there was like, it was the same as another scene from the franchise. I think that it was the scene where he has dinner with Fiona's parents in Shrek 2. Oh, really? Yeah, it was cool. It was like a parallel with that, I think. It was either that or it was the music from the montage at the beginning of Shrek Forever After. <laughs> that, that rolls. They do Fiona so wrong. Whenever they bring Fiona to see her parents. In Shrek 2? Yeah, yeah, in Shrek 2. There's, there's just, Fiona is literally the entire film. It's like she found out True Love's kiss was real and was like, well, I guess this has to work. So she sees her parents and is like, oh, no, it'll be fine. Like, we can do this. And she's just trying to always be a mediator. And then as soon as she's able to be herself, she's just strong. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, it's a shame. She I doesn't mean, live for herself at any given moment unless she's suffering. Yeah, but, I mean, the thing is that I kind of like, it's it's... Ugh. It's an annoying trope that she's not allowed to to be this badass unless she's like damaged, you know. Mm. But I do kind of just like to think about like punished Fiona in a yeah. way of like like at the end of this movie, what if the kiss didn't save Shrek's life? And what if after that she's just like this badass warrior who had like this true love that she couldn't save? That'd be pretty Hell, fucking yeah. cool. Give, I would see that. Give me a off. Yeah. I think that's a cool, like, set off, but I would then be sad for her because if she was convinced that was her true love. Right. She she has that inbuilt sort of dedication and her dedication initially, like in Shrek 4, when it doesn't right. become Shrek, it becomes herself and her people. And mm. she's like, my dedication to my life is my people. And then if she'd had a true love and she's like, that was my true love because he changed me into an ogre full time and I couldn't right. save him. She never puts herself first. It's true. Well, and, and also the question that I have is in the first movie, clearly Fiona falls in love with Shrek because he's an ogre also and he has all these yeah. ogre traits. Mm. It's not that he's selfless. It's not that he's charming. It's not that he's funny or talented. It's because he's gross and he allows her to be gross. So in this world, she meets a lot of ogres that are exactly like that. She doesn't fall in love with them because she doesn't want to fall in love. But then by the end of the movie, she falls in love with Shrek because he's persistent, question mark? Yeah. Yeah, there's not really Why? a... It, th I feel like a lot of the film relies on the magic and sort of soulmate nature of having a true love, which mm. is fine. It's a fairy tale. It's a kid's movie, but it it's sort of like... Uh, it really takes away a lot of agency. Like what Jackson was saying before, being like a, a better ending would have been him having to work at it. Yeah. yeah. Like 
the the idea of having a long longer form film where he gets thrown back in time and maybe you know don't don't have him have kids in this one. Yeah, yeah. We, we get, the kids like, are yeah. Having just just the idea of putting Shrek in scenarios where he goes to that alternate universe, falls in love with Fiona. She doesn't love him because he's so weird. He actually gets to interact with other ogres who are, have more humanity and compassion than he ha- he has, having to learn, getting rejected by a lot of ogre women because mm-hmm. Fiona rejected him and then being like, I'm worthless, and then eventually having to figure out for himself that it's just because he's horrible. Yeah, I mean, like, imagine a scene where Shrek, you know, he does something rude or, uh, you know, aggressive or whatever. And everyone's like, what the fuck, Shrek? And he's like, it's because I'm an ogre. And they're like, no, we're all ogres, Shrek, and we aren't like that. It's clearly something else. And then Shrek has to be like, shit, man, why do I behave this way? Is it because I've lived in isolation for my whole life? Why do I live in isolation? Just just the fact that there's a whole ogre group and they all have a high-functioning community that clearly has so many positives to it. Yeah. Being like, damn, Shrek, you live like this. <laughs> also, also the fact that Shrek is just like the basic model ogre. Like Shrek's main personality traits are he's rude, he's gross, he's stinky, he smells like shit, he rolls around in a swamp. And it's like, oh, okay, so there's all these other ogres that are exactly like that too, except this one is brave and and kind of handsome for some reason, Brogan. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Fiona should be fucking Brogan, absolutely. Yeah, and this one is like the cook, you know, and he has, like, everybody has their special talents. Shrek doesn't have any special talents. He seems like his None. things are just ogre things. What the hell is Shrek's origin? Like, I guess he had parents at some point because yeah. they tried I, to I eat him. I think he was abandoned pretty early and just has, like, an abandonment complex because of that. He just, like, doesn't yeah, know how to interact with people. He's got a lot of shit to work through, you know, like, like, I mean, endemic shit, shit that's, that's, that's the kind of thing you can't solve with a magic wish. I mean, you, you, you can't think about Shrek for too long because then you think about the fact that he's been alive for 30 years. He gets attacked every week by villagers. How many people has he murdered in his life? Yeah. He eats a bowl of eyeballs for breakfast. That's at least six people right there. Like, you can't think about it for too long because if you do, you'll realize that Shrek is a mass murderer. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. There, actually, something that happened in this film that was really jarring for me is after Shrek leaves the birthday party being really angry, Rumpelstiltskin has his cart turned over, Shrek goes and helps him. And I remember thinking, like, why is Shrek going to help this person? Imagine the fucked up scenario where he goes over there and he feels so angry about all this, he realizes this is uh, his opportunity to eat somebody raw <laughs> and alive. He, and he, he like, picks it up and he's like, wow, this guy's tiny, I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, the start of Shrek 4 at the birthday party, it is the first time in the entire Shrek franchise he hasn't been able to put himself first because he has kids. And that's when he starts feeling like he doesn't have control because he is not the top priority because he has children. Yeah. Like, that's what makes him start suffering. And then when he roars and, like, it still doesn't work, like, he he does something that used to be just for him and people are like, oh, it still benefits other people. He gets mad about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> He makes true. someone happy and he's like, no. Oh, that's bad. 
And, yeah. But yeah, and then so he leaves there for the first time in his life. He can't put himself first. He wants to, but he can't. He's going back to days where he was able to push people away and feel like he had power. And then he had uh, the only option was to him to only care about himself. And then he's like, oh, I'll help this guy. Yeah, that is jarring. That made no sense. It made no sense. When he went over there, I was like, oh my God, this is just plot. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess that Shrek, I mean, he's angry, but he doesn't want somebody to just, like, die. He is selfish, but he... Yeah, he I, could just shove the cart over and walk away and ignore the person. Right. Yeah. I wonder what the basis for Donkey and Shrek's friendship really is. Like, I don't know if saving the day together is the kind of thing that should be the basis for, like, a lifelong friendship. Like, yeah. at no point really is Shrek... Well, kind to do you know donkey. what it is? Do you know what I reckon it is? And I, do you know what? This is what I think is every single relationship that Shrek has is persistence. Yes, and I think the it. message of the film is meant to be that don't shut people out. So they give you a long form example of how people will want to be your friend. And if you're open to friendship, it'll happen. But what the example is, is people like Donkey and Fiona being like, I'm not going to give up. Like, I can fix him. Yeah, and that sucks. that's true. Exactly. The, the message of this movie should be for people who are too kind and are too friendly. Like, hey, there are some people that are not worth your time. Yeah, yeah. Get out of there. Absolutely. Nevertheless, the best Shrek film in the franchise, or at least the, very, <laughs> the second best Shrek. I don't, I don't think it is just because of like the nostalgia of having seen the first one so many times. But I think that if I had seen all of them together when I was 10 years old. This one might have been my favorite. It's it's fun. It is just like a retread of the original in a lot of ways, though. That's true. But I think we needed that. As a, as a Shrek viewing audience, <laughs> I think after Shrek 2 and 3, and, and 2, look, you can love it, you can hate it, but it took the franchise in a certain direction. And I think we needed Shrek 4 to remind us where it all yeah. began, you know? Yeah. What selfish, really selfish, about. man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, What was your guys' favorite scenes in the movie? I can do mine first if you want a second to think. Yeah, sure. I would say that mine is either Shrek and Fiona, like, flirt fighting and punching each other in the head. Like, oh, that was pretty funny. To the funny. soft romantic music. Oh, incredible. Either that or Shrek's big day of going out and being scary. And he just like <laughs> does these big crazy concepts where he's like, I'm going to put on a puppet show. I'm going to get inside the thing. I'm going to be the puppets and then I'm going to bash out and all the kids are going to run away. <laughs> yeah. Or he's like, I'm going to be the bride in a wedding and I'm going to scare everybody. And it's like, wow, Shrek really needed this, honestly. Yeah, you- that that <laughs> like, was, was so important. good. And then he skateboards on roofing tiles. That was very funny. <laughs> I think my favorite part of that scene, and again, this is one of the montages that made me go the montages and sequences in this film are oh, in, in all the Shrek tier. franchises. That's I, that's why I watch them. They're so fun. Yeah. Like they do yeah. such good work with them. But the I think the best one was where he, there was a woman who was hard of hearing, so he goes and whispers raw into her <laughs> yes. little hearing aid. Um, that that was the scene that made me realize that I actually like this movie. Like before that, I was yeah. like, oh, I don't know about this. And then that scene, and I was like. Okay, whether or not the rest of the movie is good, this is fucking great. <laughs> also, also another fun thing about that scene is that it rules the whole time. Mm. It rules the whole time yeah. until he realizes that there are other ogres. Yeah, and Fiona right. is also up for thing, and he's like, "Wait, my wife," because he does love her. But and and that was another moment that if that was in Shrek two or three, it wouldn't have been allowed to play 
the way that it did. Like there would have been like some crazy gag there instead of him just like finding a bunch of posters and being like, oh no. Yeah. I have so much time for the uh, World War II pilot witches. They rule so hard. (laughs) Yeah. They're like a biker gang. I love them so much. They're so cool. That's such a fun addition to to the franchise. I think in terms of favorite scenes, my the one that brought me the most like excited joy was the ogres eating their food because it all looked delicious. Like biting into a burger and having the maggots wiggle as he bit, great. Um, Mm -hmm. But the one that brought me the most calm joy was that um, when Shrek's on a broomstick and he's flying around the castle because of how nice the castle is. It's all gold and pastel. Oh my god, ASMR for the eyes. Felt so calm watching those weird, weird, like, oh, the witch bombs were fun. There were a lot of fun yeah. things in this movie. Yeah. It's a blast. It's a, it's a good time. You can tell they really tried. Like, they, yeah. like, like Shrek 3 is the product of them saying, like, this scene will look really pretty and, like, this will be fun for the ca- characters to do and we'll throw some farts in. That's, like, what happens when you just, like, take the first draft of a script and don't really think about it. Or when you have too many producer's notes. This movie yeah. feels like they really said, like, what about Shrek do we want to say with this movie? There were a lot of scenes in this movie that felt like, okay, maybe they're referencing something. But the joke isn't that it's a reference. The joke has more layers to it. Like, yeah, the oh, scene... Absolutely. Like ogres. Yeah. The, yeah, yes, the like joke ogres. has layers, oh like God. an onion. Um, or like cakes. So, like, the scene where Rumpelstiltskin is, like, threatening all the witches with a glass of water. Like, I think that they said in the commentary that that's a reference to some, like, Robert De Niro movie. But it doesn't matter because it's a funny scene in and of itself. Yeah, Oh, my God. Throwing the glass of water on the witch and having a melt. I didn't even... And also... I didn't even expect that. that Oh, that that right. witch had the right idea. That he's like, actually, that was a that was a pretty good idea. Oh, do you know? I had I did write down my favorite line from the whole movie. It's when they tie um, Shrek and Fiona on the same chain. That right. ruled actually. That I loved yeah. that. That was so cool and clever. I loved it. But then as he's walking away, Rumpelstiltskin says, "Nobody's smart but me." I I also wrote that down. Oh. That was very funny. <laughs> I loved that. It was just passion. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's smart but me and leaving. Mwah. Beautiful. What a good movie. There's, there's a book you can get called The Art of DreamWorks Shrek Forever After. And there's just an incredible piece of art of, I, I'm assuming, Fiona as like this amazing queen with these two muscle-bound ogres kneeling and she's got her foot on one of their asses hang on i'm just gonna put this in the um please do it's just an incredible piece of art oh my god what oh my god sorry i think when you said that i imagined something very different but not as yeah she's incredibly sexualized (laughs) and she also has horns on her head um it's the most horny image i've ever (laughs) seen was this intended for the film It's part of the the art of their their asses are just hanging out and they don't look very happy to be there either. The ogres are face down, ass up. Yeah, like literally, their their heads are well, they're resting on their fists, but their asses are in the air, yeah, rising up to the base of Fiona's throne, and she's just got her foot on one of the cheeks. Incredible. So, how many Shrek babies out of five (laughs) would you guys give Shrek Forever After? I hate the Shrek babies, so zero. Shrek babies are bad, so no Shrek babies. <laughs> so Jackson gives the movie a zero out of five. No, okay, there has to be no, a No, that can't movie. be right. <laughs> <laughs>
I want to give it like a four because I got a lot of entertainment out of this film. I don't mean to sound annoying, but it really does make you think. But yeah. it, in ter- it, it, it makes you think because you're like, wow, hang on. It's like when you watch a film from the 90s now and you're like, oh, no, that's abuse. Or like, yeah, like yeah. hey, yeah. this person's being manipulative or this person's being cruel or this person is like being submissive when they should be assertive or like all those things when you watch things from a much different time period. It gave me all of that, but it's not that old. So I enjoyed how it made me think because it made me feel like I would have been able to solve these problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel like a competent person. Um, well, that's good. The montage sequences always bring me joy in these yes. films. Yeah, there um, are some really fun ones in this movie. It was a good watch. It was frustrating at times. It was funny at times. I think some of the entertainment I got out of the movie was not as the studio intended. <laughs> but I really liked it. Yeah, I think I would also give this movie like a four out of five. Like, it's very, very fun. It's it's sort of derivative of the first one, but also that's intentional because it's like playing into a lot of the same themes and trying to do like role reversals of what the first one did. This is my favorite version of Fiona, and I've been saying since day one that she needs to be fixed in that way. So, uh, four Shrek babies, let's say. Yeah, I think that if you have out there listening to this decided not to watch Shrek 4 because you disliked Shrek 3, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go fuck Fuck yourself. Fuck you, go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the Toy Story 3 of the Shrek franchise. (laughs) A wonderful goodbye. And the upcoming Shrek 5 will presumably be like a Toy Story 4 where they just take it in a real weird direction. (laughs) Yeah, oh man, the upcoming Shrek 5, if that ever happens, is just going to be... Not a great time, I don't think. Yeah, it won't be good. They've said everything they need to say about Shrek, you know? Yeah, they said everything they needed to say about Shrek in the first movie. Everything after that was just (laughs) like, why are you saying this? Why are we still here? Thank you, Jackson and Cass, for joining me this week on the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for having us. I had a blast. It was a true blast. Yeah, absolutely. Where can people find you online? Jackson. Uh, People can find me on Twitter at All Dogs Are Dead and uh, Hams Forever on Instagram. Uh, and I'm also in a bunch of podcasts. If you want to listen to me more, head to sanspantsradio.com, click on the podcasts tab and pick one, and there's a good chance I'll be in it. Great. And Cass? Um, I'm at Cass Cass Page on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm also on the Sanspants Radio Network, as uh, we all. So if you go to sanspantsradio.com, um, Jack and I are both in the D&D is for Nerds show, if you like Dungeons and & Dragons. And if you don't, uh, shut up a second. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Oh, so that's the name of a show. Sorry. That- oh, you weren't talking to my audience. <laughs> no, if you okay. don't, shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like Dungeons and Dragons, then fuck you. Get out. Go. There's a song. It's, it's called Shut Up a Second. It's really fun. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter at Stop Tweeting Mia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. And I'm here if you need to talk. Introducing Kid Cuisine's Shrekified Meals with crispy Shrekified nuggets, gooey Shrek-shaped mac and cheese, and buggy swamp pudding. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.